Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash Hawkblogger. Girl sent you hallelujah. Girl sent you hallelujah. Girl sent you hallelujah. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Saturday night and we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. Hello everybody, welcome to the first edition of the softy and hawk blogger 2021 seahawks podcast this is brian nemhauser uh your host uh at hawk blogger on twitter and uh joined by the one the only dave softy mahler in his humble abode overlooking <laughs> the water how you doing dude it's been a while i'm good man it has been a while it feels like it's been longer than a while I can't even remember the last time we did something like this. So uh, I'm fired up for Sunday, fired up to see fans back in the stadium this weekend. I'm very curious to see what the atmosphere feels like and what the crowd looks like, you know, all that stuff. We can talk about that in a second, but yeah, here we go, man. And it uh, feels good to get going again, dude. Yeah. Are you, are, are you going to be there? Oh, of course. Of course. Yes, awesome. I will be there. I will absolutely be there. I, uh, I, I did something last year that I know, I, well, I, I'm, I'm assuming, and if I'm wrong, then tell me. I know I did something last year that you did not do, and that's okay. the football game without fans. Okay? Did you go to a Seahawks game last year? Were you in the stadium at all last no, year? No. Were you at Husky Stadium last year for no. a game? Okay, so let me tell you something. It sucks, all right? People tell me all the time, well, man, you were lucky to be there. And I guess in some ways I was lucky to be there. But th there is an eerie, eerie feeling being in a stadium that's meant for 70,000 people and there's 200 people there. And I felt that at Husky Stadium last year on four different occasions, and it sucks. I, I never, ever, ever want to feel that again. So I'm, I'm fired up for this weekend, pal. Can't wait to get up there. Yeah. Are you um, are you doing any kind of pregame show this year? No, no pregame show because we carry all the uh, Westwood One early games on Got it. the radio station. So whatever that 10 o'clock national game is, that's the game that we'll have on KJR. But I think I'm going to grab the gang and uh, head up to 13 coins and get some breakfast. And that's a real underrated spot because they have the, uh, the uh, level on the, uh, on the hotel lobby level right uh, there on the first floor. And then downstairs, they have that entire area with the TVs and, and all that stuff. That's at the bottom of those condos or that yep. hotel, I think, whatever it is. And the cool thing about that, those condos is where my seats are on the Southwest corner. So my seats are like, if you know where the Seahawks come out of the tunnel, I'm about, 
30, 40 rows above that in the back section covered right near the club section. Okay. I can look up to the top of those condos and I can see the dude that lives in the penthouse with his TV on. And if he puts something unsavory on that screen, like the entire <laughs> south end of the clink or Lumen Field would see whatever is on that guy's TV. So we're always waiting to see if he starts messing with people. But yeah, man, <laughs> we're talking about seeing people that we haven't seen for two years, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, I mean, as much as I'm looking forward to seeing the game, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the game. We'll talk about the, the game, obviously, here in just a bit. I'm just looking forward to, I mean, you know, you know, Aaron, my buddy, I've been going to games oh, yeah. for forever and other you friends have got know how tall trees are. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully you won't be throwing any, you know, CDs at people, uh, you know, breaking glasses, but, um, you know, just going, you know, we go to a bunch of different spots, we move all around and, uh, getting there early, watching the 10 AM games, drinking beers, eating nachos, like, yeah. shooting the shit and then like heading down to the stadium and you know the the, the energy that's uh around downtown seattle at that time uh before a seahawks yeah. game and and then the build-up right like you know getting in there and having a little buzz on and and uh, <laughs> you know like getting to watch the whole thing happen i mean it's yeah getting to watch the the, the 12 flag get raised it, it's just uh you know, it's it's just a great way to spend a Sunday, and uh, I'm really looking forward to to getting back to it. Little bit bummed, maybe more than a little bit about the weather forecast. I got. I saw your tweet. I saw your tweet about that. Are you concerned that we're gonna have a lightning delay or a thunder? Well, they're saying it could be thunderstorms, and and like, you know I what? mean, suck it up, all right? Suck it up. Well, I mean, it could be like hours. Like that would suck, dude. Come on. Well, we had we had the cow game at UW a couple years ago where there was a lightning delay and the power went out of Husky Stadium. I remember that. Four and a half hours waiting for the game to restart. And by the time it started again, everybody had gone home, right? There was nobody left in the stadium. So my curiosity really for this weekend, and we are, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, one of four cities in the NFL that is requiring masks at games. Uh, Buffalo, New Orleans, I think there's one other, and then us. I don't know about the vaccine mandate, but what is that stadium going to sound like with everybody wearing a mask? And they're I'm curious. You know, what, yeah. what, what does that actually do to the decibel level of the crowd on, on Sunday if everybody is covered from this perspective <gasps> versus this perspective? I mean, it, can't, it cannot be as loud, right? We know, it's, we know one thing. It won't be louder than it normally well, is with everybody wearing a mask. We will, we will, so what does it sound will. like? We will not, obviously, we will not get into the the, the political side of all that for ah, a lot of reasons. I know that's not what you're getting at, but I will <laughs> say the Mariners have a mask mandate too. And if you've been watching the games, yeah. about 30% of the crowd seems to be wearing masks. No, so. for sure. I mean, I've been I've been actively eating or drinking for 18 months, to be totally honest. <laughs> so, uh, and look, I mean, the whole political thing, I, I'm with you a thousand percent. It doesn't really matter because you have to wear a mask. That's yes. it. So end of yes. story. We can debate it. We can not debate it. We yes. can be pissed about it, not be pissed off about it. You got to make a choice. And I know there's a lot of people that I know that have decided to just not go to the game. And that's totally cool. You don't want to go, then don't go. You can stay home, watch the game on TV cool as well but this is what it is do i wish i could change it maybe but it doesn't matter it is what it is so yeah. i'm very curious to hear what it sounds like on game day and then i'm also curious you mentioned all the restaurants and stuff 
what's what's going on downtown around the stadium like what's open right i mean jimmy's isn't open yet the bar across the street from 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 lumen uh because they can't find enough people to work there so they're targeting that thursday night game against the rams by the way uh henry's has been closed the pyramid brew deck is no longer there i i just wonder what's going to be open and you know i would i would just encourage people to be patient with servers and stuff they're all overworked yeah. and they're stressed out. There's not as many people working down there. And then on top of that, my wife made fun of me the other day for bringing this up on the show. Uh, I, I think getting into the stadium could be a little bit of a chore just because they're checking vaccination status and there may not be as many folks again working there. So give yourself a little time. Give yourself an extra half hour, 45 minutes to get in there. Also. I, I think those, those are great. And and I, I mean, people should be hopefully generous as they can tipping. I mean, they're, they're, all that stuff. And just one one last quick bit of advice for folks, and then we'll get into talking about the Seahawks, is um, you do have to bring in uh, your proof of vaccination or you know proof of, of negative test within the last 72 hours. But uh, if you have the clear app, like you know, the clear app that you you know you can use to get in at airports, but if you put it on your phone. You can actually upload your proof of vaccination into that electronically and breeze through um, getting in at the stadium. So I've done that. I highly recommend it. Um, uh, good way to, to cut down uh, on uh, yeah. the time to get in. Yeah. All right. So let's let's turn our attention to talking about this game, Dave. Um, you know, first, you and I haven't talked about the Seahawks at all for a little bit. So uh, I'd love to hear, you know, your just first, you know, impressions of of the 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 team from last week, yeah, um, yeah. and and specifically tell me not how you thought they played, but where did they play? Where did they play better or worse relative to your expectations? Like, what, well, what did they outperform relative to what you were expecting? Yeah, and I want to get your thoughts on this too. I, I I thought first of all it was a real nice soft landing for the secondary in in week one. Now this week could be different and we'll talk about that in a second, obviously, but I thought it was a real nice soft landing for guys like Trey Flowers and and, and DJ Reed because let's face it, man, Trey Flowers, he's he he needs to prove himself. This is your four in the NFL. If he's going to be a starting cornerback in the NFL, he needs to start developing that confidence. And the more games he can have like that last weekend, I think the better off he's going to be. So I love seeing that last weekend. And then number two, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I was blown away by how much of a rotation they have on their defensive line. I mean, they played eight guys on the first drive of the game against Indianapolis. I don't know. And I'm not saying that they're better than the 2013 D line because they're not, but I don't know if they've been this deep since 2013. You agree with that? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, um, you know, I get a lot of things wrong. Uh, that's <laughs> That's one that I think I got right. I, I've been I've been pumping up that that defensive line all offseason. I think, you know, I thought when they got Kerry Hyder, it was a great get. When they then added, you know, uh, back Carlos Dunlap and Benson Mayo, who a lot of folks soured on last year because they brought him in and they played him at a starter and he wasn't playing at the same level. But at the end of the year, he actually was the last four games of the season. He was a highly productive pass rusher, one of the most productive edge rushers in the NFL over those last four games. So I think he kind of figured out his role here. Uh, and then you've got, you know, Alton Robinson, who had a strong rookie year and looks like he's going to take a step forward. And Dave, we were talking about on the show this week, uh, the, the Real Hawk Talk show, like, what would last year have been like if Daryl Taylor had actually been able to play? If this is the player he is, 
yeah. like it could have been a different year last year. I mean, he, yeah. he seems like it could be an impact player. So yeah, I, I love the defensive line. You know, me, the, the, besides winning, the thing I enjoy watching the most is quarterbacks getting crushed yeah, by, absolutely. You know, by your defense. Well, back so. in my, back in my younger days, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have said it, but I used to go on the air and joke about how there should be a room at Harborview specifically reserved for visiting quarterbacks that would come to Seattle. Just to, just to have it ready in case somebody needed it, you know, because they were going to get smoked by a, by a Seahawks linebacker defensive. And I was, I was impressed by how fast Perry Hyder was. I don't know if I realized how fast he was. I saw him chase down Taylor in that game on, on Sunday from behind. I was pretty impressed by that. Daryl Taylor. And then you got two guys in Alton Robinson. Alton Robinson really played, uh, for God's sakes. And then LJ Collier was inactive. He couldn't even get on the field. And I think part of that obviously is on LJ. There's no question about that. I mean, he's, let's be honest, he's getting into, he may not be where Rashad Penny is with the bus status, but he's right on the door, knocking yeah. on that door to yeah. a bus bill. So, but he can't even get on the damn field because they don't need him. They don't need him, Brian, because they have all this damn depth. And I think what I loved also about Sunday's game, uh, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I, I, I remember saying over the offseason, hey, the reason why they blitzed Jamal Adams as much as they did a year ago is because they had no choice. They don't need to anymore. They don't need to blitz Jamal Adams. They don't need to send him as much as they did a year ago. They can be more selective now with when they blitz Jamal Adams. And I, I'm, I'm trying to remember after the touchdown by Indianapolis in the first half, which he blitzed on, by the way, I don't remember him blitzing a lot in the second half had, of the game on Sunday. He had four pass rush snaps right, right. in that game. And I think four. all of them may have come right around that area where the touchdown came. So, I love that, that he can play more run support. He can play more deep safety, obviously. And that should make this defense better. I just think of where they are with their pass rush now versus where they were in game one last year. It's night and freaking day. We're not going to be sitting around going, oh, my God, we have to trade for a pass rusher like we were a year ago. So I I love it. And their rotation is awesome. And that should mean that guys are healthy and fresher by the end of the year. All right, so I know we only have you for a little bit this morning, so let's turn our attention to the game that's coming up. Um, you look at this Titans team, you, you look at what what they did and didn't do in the first game of the season, what the Seahawks did do. Uh, what's your, you know, and then let's talk a little bit about some of the potential injury news. It's looking like, you know, we saw uh, Jamarco Jones and Damian Lewis show up on the injury report uh, as of yesterday is not practicing uh Damian Lewis with a groin Jamarco Jones with a knee obviously Pete didn't have time with the press yesterday we'll find out more this afternoon um you know let's say for a second worst case scenario both of those guys so your your starting left guard and your backup left guard are both out how big of a how big of an issue do you think that would be for this game this weekend against the Titans I think it's huge right I mean it's I think it's potentially gigantic I don't know about you, man, but I was I was irritated. It's probably the right word. Pissed off is probably the wrong word, but I was frustrated to see Jordan Simmons go because I I, I like Jordan Simmons. I mean, you remember how he was playing a couple of years ago before he got hurt? I, I thought he was, I'm not going to say a star in the making, but a starter in the making for Jordan Simmons, and I'm just frustrated at where that's gone. It just seems like all these offensive linemen that we think have real potential, Michael Bowie, Alvin Bailey, Jordan Simmons, they all take off, and none of them work out in Seattle, so – I'm frustrated with the Jordan Simmons thing, even more so now after this injury news came out. But that's where Shane Waldron gets paid, right, to protect Russell Wilson and find a way to make this offense function. I mean, obviously, he was phenomenal as a play caller last week. So 
Can they get Russell Wilson on the move? Can they run away from the problem areas on their offensive line? Can they use Gerald Everett more this weekend as a blocker and less as a pass catcher? So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see if Shane Waldron's as smart as we think he is because he's going to have to overcome injuries at some point during the year, right? And he's going to have to potentially start doing it this weekend against a defense that I'm telling you is pissed off and salty after what happened last Sunday. I don't like facing Tennessee after they got their ass kicked by the Cardinals last weekend. It's funny. I, I don't care at all about that. I, mean, <laughs> I think the Titans suck. I think they suck. I think their defense can be as mad as they want. And they Remember stay. this after the game on Sunday if things don't go so well. Nah, you know, it doesn't matter. I, like, regardless of what happens on Sunday, the Titans' defense is terrible. Like, and, and so shame on the Seahawks if they don't, if they don't show that. I, I, I actually – I think it is an acute situation. Let's say worst-case scenario, both Lewis and Jones can't play. Yep. Also had Postic go on the IR. He would have been probably the third guard yep. option. So you're, you're, you're down to, like, your fourth option – um you know you're starting to talk about do they play jake jake curhan yeah you know at at guard i think what they end up doing is they bring up phil haynes from the practice squad and you know maybe you and i see this differently i i've liked phil haynes better than jordan simmons for a while uh his problem has been availability from an injury perspective but he's healthy he played great during the preseason i think you know there's not a guy on that defensive line that the titans have that worries me um at at a guard spot so yeah and i i like phil haynes too i just like him and Jordan Simmons, right? I, I mean, get you. Like I get you. Well, that's the point. Like, you had Lewis, you have Jones, you have Posick all going, maybe. And then you have Simmons gone that same week. Simmons might have been the choice because he's been a starter at guard. Like, they yeah. might have elevated him, but they don't have that choice now because the Raiders took him. So, it'll be interesting. I, I would hope that they play Haynes over Curhan. You know, I don't want a rookie uh you know, has never played guard getting his first start, you know, in the rain and, you know... Yeah. I'd yeah. rather see a guy like Haynes. Haynes started a game in the playoffs against Green Bay and did pretty darn well. So, you know, I'm okay with that. I, I'm hoping that's what they would do, but we'll find out. Maybe this is all about nothing. Maybe both those guys, they just held up precautionary sure. and, and one of them will be available. And, you know, I mean, again, you can always put Gabe Jackson on left guard for a game if you have to. I don't think they want to do that because they look at him as a right guard long-term. So let's keep that right guard long-term, but he is a veteran. So I think him going back and forth is less problematic for maybe somebody else and the problem i have with offensive line injuries is not even just performance it's communication right when guys start start miscommunicating and they miss blocks and obviously they miss zones things like that and then guys end up getting killed so i'm I'm curious to see what shane waldron does but i mean look you're right this is not even a concern until it's a concern on on sunday but you know that 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 titan offense man just to flip it around you know we talked about that soft landing for for trey and dj and those guys i mean julio and aj brown derrick henry I'm curious about this run defense, right? Because there were times last year where they weren't great against the run and they didn't really have to worry about it this last weekend against Indianapolis. So I'm really curious to see how they handled Derrick Henry, especially how those three guys in the middle stand up. Well, let's talk about that because I think that's one of the more, like the least, one of the lesser discussed aspects of this game. And, and what, I'm, what I'm getting at specifically is, Dave, if you have the, you know, you look at this as objectively as you can, and we're both homers, right? But, but if you, if you could look at Derrick Henry against the Seahawks run defense versus Chris Carson and Alex Collins versus the Titans run defense, assume it's going to be raining and and messy. Which do you think has the bigger advantage? Well, the Seahawks for sure. There's no question about that, but I still think that Derrick Henry 
Brian Monet, Puna Ford, Al Woods, right? And then we're talking about run support from linebackers and safeties. So I have thought all offseason long that they are a little thin at defensive tackle. Mm. I still think that. I, I don't know if there really is a huge, gigantic difference maker uh, at that spot. Puna has been very good against the run. There's no question about that. But I, I still think they could use a little bit extra there with, with a game like this against Derrick Henry. So I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of role Jamal Adams plays in, in run support this weekend, for example. But I like the Seahawks matchup against the Titans defense because I agree with you. I think the Seahawks defense is on a different level than the Titans defense is. But that's one thing that we really have yet to see is how this team does against a real big-time bruising running back. And Derrick Henry, and I, I, I'm, I'm nervous about – not from our perspective, but from a Titans perspective, Derrick Henry has had like 690 carries the last two years combined. Are we going to see him fall off a cliff like Terrell Davis did you mm. know, 20 years ago? So they're leaning on him a ton and they'll lean on him again a ton this weekend. And that that's the real concern. It's not just the Titans getting killed by Arizona. You mentioned their defense because the Titan defense sucks. Their offense doesn't suck. And their mm-hmm. offense was totally shut down last weekend. So you're going to face an angry Derrick Henry an angry Julio Jones, an angry A.J. Brown, an angry Ryan Tannehill, a much more focused offense than we saw a week ago. Chandler Jones obviously got after him, but I, I, I just think that we should expect to see a much different offense than we saw a week ago. I think that's that's right. And, and I mean, it's a, it is a really fascinating game for a bunch of reasons. But, you know, on one hand, I think if you're Tennessee, you got to be thinking that you're going to try to get Derrick Henry going. I think that that team is built to, to start that way. And then, you know, but at the same time, every time they run into Derrick Henry, they're not testing the Seahawks corners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't tell me that that's not the biggest mismatch, you know, in this game is, yeah. you know, at least for the, the Titans is AJ Brown against any one of the Seahawks cornerbacks is a huge mismatch. Um, not to mention, you know, I thought Julio Jones looked like crap last week, so I'm not as concerned about him, but they also got Josh Reynolds as the third receiver. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's like, you, on one hand, like, yeah, established Derrick Henry. On the other hand, you know, they better, if, if you're a Titans fan, you better hope they're, they're taking advantage of the Seahawks corners with those receivers because yeah. that's well, what they, they've, got, they've got big play potential for sure. And that's where the concern is that they just pound it, pound it, pound it, and then boom, right over the top. So that's where a guy like Jamal comes into play. And, you know, I, I mean, Quandry, I thought last week was out of position on a couple plays, but overall played okay, had a couple of big hits. And maybe he forces a fumble, you know, at some point in this weekend's game. But yeah, I mean, I, I I just don't think there's enough data on a lot of this to form a real opinion yet. It's week two, for God's sake. So most of these guys didn't even play in the preseason for crying out loud. So for the first time in a long time, I, I feel like we're going into a Seahawk home opener, Brian. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? God, I don't know. I don't know how this turns out. I, I don't know how this one defense does against Derrick Henry. I don't know how Trey Flowers and DJ Reed do against AJ Brown and Reynolds and Julio Jones. And let's find out. Let's find out and then talk about it after the game on Sunday because this is the biggest challenge, absolutely, that these guys have seen. Uh, probably, I mean, I'm going back to last year, not even the Ram game because the Ram offense was banged up a little bit. I, I can't remember the last time this secondary with the situation that they're in, personnel wise, had this kind of challenge on the other side of the ball offensively. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So, so knowing, knowing what you know and don't know and, yeah. and that, you know, assume, assume the weather's going to be uh, nasty. Uh, 
what's your expectation? What's what you know? What's your expectation of what the this game is going to look like? What do you think the final score is going to be? Yeah, I think it's going to be a decent scoring game. It's not going to be anything crazy, but the idea that it's going to be a seventeen, I, I don't see this Seahawks offense is too good to, to, to be limited to that. I, I can see a 24, 24 to fourteen type situation where you know maybe the Hawks are up twenty four seven third quarter and. Tennessee gets a late touchdown to kind of maybe make people feel a little bit nervous and they drive and they're in position to make it 24, 21 and they go for it and fourth down, get stuffed or they get a turnover or whatever, something like that. So I, I, I think, I think with two minutes to go in this game this week, and I think you'll feel pretty comfortable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny you say that because that's the exact score that's been coming to my mind as, as the stop agreeing with me, it's boring. (laughs) As the forecast starts to come into to clarity, I mean, I picked uh, a non, if it was going to be dry, like a non-rainy day, I picked 44-20 Seahawks. Like, I, I really think the Seahawks offense can just run rough shot over that defense. I don't care how angry they are. I don't care about any of that. I think the Seahawks offense, I don't even care if, if they're missing their top, you know, two guards. I think, I think uh, they still run all yeah. over that defense. Yeah. But I think the rain does uh make this closer if it's like crazy torrential downpour we've seen games like any crazy thing happens you got fumbles you know you got all sorts of weird kicking things like who knows what happens in those games but i think it makes it closer i think it makes it harder to score um so yeah you know i think i think something like what you're talking about could be the the score it's still hard for me to i think it's gonna take like fluky things for the titans to come out with a win like it doesn't mean it can't happen i'm not saying it's impossible but you know i think the seahawks should get away with the win this this week i hope that it's a nice clean win and and i think the thing dave i'll leave you with is is you know i'm really hoping that this is a chance for shane waldron to show that he can be effective in this type of game where russell wilson has struggled he honestly has struggled in the rain that's not just a urban legend he's just not played as well in the rain so um, you know, maybe these more reliable throws that they've got, some of the stuff you're talking about with the tight ends, make this a little bit better for the Seahawks. And honestly, I think I think Alex Collins could be a huge X factor in this game. I love him in this yeah, game. With, yeah. with his motivation, with the Titans defense, I think he could be a difference maker in this game. Well, I think I think not just that, but I think this I think this could be the end of Rashad Penny. Uh, oh yeah Sunday. I mean if Alex Collins goes out and does what he did in the preseason then forget it I mean Alex will go right by Rashad on the depth chart but Penny becomes your third guy maybe you find a way to use him on kickoffs or punts or special teams or maybe use him in the slot as a receiver I don't know I, I'm just I'm at a point now where and I I feel bad for him because I'm sure he's going out there busting his ass and it's just freak luck but enough right I mean you cannot count on Rashad Penny as your number two guy so I think Alex Collins has a shot this weekend to cement that for the rest of the year yeah and and one last note for folks that don't know uh Titans cut their kicker last week because he missed a bunch of stuff they're like they're gonna have a kicker who's nervous you know playing in this weather so there's all sorts of factors it's gonna be interesting but uh I know you gotta run Dave it uh it's fun to have you We'll, we'll we'll try to do this as often as we can almost every week usually yes. every week yes. during yes. the season and uh as long as you keep paying me i keep doing it <laughs> i will keep paying you uh, in the form of, 
of Moscow mules and fireball shots that, whenever I see that's you. So. That's what that's that, that that's actually official currency in like Portugal. So I'm totally cool with that. I love it, yeah. dude. Well, I mean, have a wonderful time Sunday and maybe I'll bump into you. Uh, if not, you know, take care of your lovely wife and uh, everyone else that's going to be company. And that cat back there too, by the way, because I had a buster. No, hey, hey, Buster, how's it going? Alive? I'm not even sure if he's alive. I'll find out when this is over. All right, man, see ya. All right. Thank you. And everybody, if you haven't already, please sign up at patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and click the like button. Uh, you'll get immediately notified whenever we go live with the next Softy and Brian podcast. All right.